Hello, everybody. You're listening to a special bonus episode of The Big Brother Brothers, the ultimate unofficial podcast. I'm your live feed obsessed host, Fox Van Allen. And joining me today in the Big Brother Brothers bubble, uh, we have a very special guest today, um, uh, a return guest to the uh, Big Brother Brothers. Uh, join me in welcoming uh, uh, Sadie, Sadie Jenis from TV Guide. Hello, Sadie. How are you? I am so excited to be talking about everything that happened this week and just get a chance to like vent a little. Yeah, yeah. So one of the reasons, I mean, first of all, we, we, we love you. We love TV Guide. We'd have you back on anyway. But we have a special reason for having you on like right now. Uh, because you wrote an article this past week. It's kind of blowing up the internet. It's it's all over Reddit. I, like Janelle's talking about it, which is like the coolest thing. But like, it really seemed to have captured something uh, with the fans and it, it's titled, Big Brother All-Stars is shaping up to be a huge disappointment. And this is something that really resonated for, with the fans. Now, I am a Big Brother, like, I'm a hopeless optimist when it comes to Big Brother. Like. I just, I, there's so much to go and I want it to be good. And I feel like if maybe if I put the good energy out there in the universe, something will happen. But uh, I will say that it has been a rough five weeks. So um, let's, let's talk about, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this season. Uh, and why, why to you is this season been such a huge disappointment? I think in part, like the expectations were extremely high because Last season was especially hard to get through. I'm like, okay, we know these players. They're all stars. This is finally going to give us something really great again. And then it has just been the most boring season of Big Brother I have ever witnessed. Uh, uh, um, There have been a a couple interesting moments, but I think this this week in particular has been one of the roughest, uh, most boring weeks if you watch the show. I mean, especially that, that Sunday episode where I think the competition's like half the episode and then we spend the other, like part of it we're talking about Ian's farts. It's like, there's nothing happening. There's nothing interesting happening. It's all about, it's all about, uh, it's all about Danny and that, that hanky boat. Um, but, uh, but going back to, uh, going back to the, uh, to the, 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 the big disappointment, I guess, of the season is gotta be that Fans love Janelle and fans love Kaser, and it just sucks so much to see them out of the game. Like, if you're in the house, maybe it doesn't suck, but like, if you're outside the house, it for sure sucks. Um, it's it's just been so frustrating, especially like watching the feeds for the past weeks and like following that and realizing how much of a disconnect the house guests have from like the way the fans are actually watching this show. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, we have seen the producers favor players a lot and go out of their way to protect who they want to keep in the game. Like when they brought back Paul and gave him three weeks of safety, like to see them not do anything for Janelle and Kayser made me even more frustrated. Because like we know that the producers influence the game to help, you know, create storylines and protect who they want to save. And they had to have seen how boring the season was, how much the fans wanted to keep Janelle and Kaser. So like, give us a twist. Well, we're getting a twist. We have no idea what the twist is yet. We, we just know they're heading into a basement somewhere. I don't know that I'm necessarily super optimistic that this twist is gonna change a whole heck of a lot. Um, it's, um, you know, it's a Big Brother is not a fair game. Like from its, from its very like right down to its core, 
Um, you know, it's there, there are favorites and just putting a vote to America is going to affect the game and it's going to affect the game in a way that's going to presumably make a better show. Uh, we have not, we have not been called to help yet. Uh, America has not been called to help yet. And I'm ready, I'm ready to jump in there, uh, before it's too late and <laughs> try to save some of the folks that we like. Um, so, uh, one of the points that you were talking about in the article, uh, I want to, want to talk a little bit more about Janelle and Kaser. Um, but um, you, you kind of get into like this new school, old school breakdown, uh, and it's a very, it's a very personal. Uh, the 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 obsession with Janelle seems incredibly personal. Like it doesn't seem especially founded in the game, even though she is making game moves and talking to people on a game level. It's we're all obsessing about whether she's going to a wedding. Um, you know, is she whose dress is like? Who's, who is she gonna lend a dress to? Uh, is she gonna let me use the hair dryer? It's like so bizarre, like the things that they're actually upset about. And it just, oh, this season has just driven me mad. But like incidents, like there was one time Janelle was in a bedroom talking and Nicole went in, said nothing and then left the room and like cried because they were keeping her up. I was like, you didn't ask them to be quiet. Like this feels like you are looking for excuses to go after Janelle on a personal level and like yeah. she is a there are plenty of game reasons to go after her but it definitely didn't feel like strategy at all it felt like it was personal yeah I, I will say though and and this is one of the reasons why I do love Janelle is that Janelle can give it as good as she as good as she takes it and that there are just so many great back and forth moments with Janelle. And, and maybe it's just because I, I, we like Janelle more than we like Nicole, like when it's going back and forth. But like, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough to watch two people who you love so much, who are so far on the outside. And there are people in the game who presumably have an interest in keeping one or two of these people around. And no one wants to do it because there's just this, this someone in the house doesn't like the house itself has a mind and the house has decided that it doesn't like her in it. Um, and, and we, the people in the house are helpless to do anything about that. It's the, the, the actual the drywall once they're out. So we got to do it. And why would anyone want her out? She is so much fun. Like even in the house, just like watching her in case or talk was so delightful and so much more interesting than a lot of the other players like trying to play the game. Yeah, we, we do miss an awful lot on the live feeds just by not having them there. Um, and that's for sure, uh, because it's just their relation. And we saw a little bit before Janelle got out of the game, but their relationship is just so amazing. Like, I, I wish I had like a friend like that. Like, just like that is that is that is that is amazing to me. Like, that is just so perfect. Um, and it 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 just, it, it hurts to see, it hurts to see them out of the game. Cause I just don't feel that way about any of the other people in the house. Um, I mean, I do love Day, I love Bay, like I love Ian, like there are some good people left in the game, but unfortunately all the people that I love that are still in the game, I'm incredibly worried about because it just seems like that's, like they're, they're in a lot of trouble. They're in a lot of trouble here. Yeah, I was so actually, Started to get a little hope again last night watching the HOH comp. If <sighs> this, this could actually give a really interesting week because she was my. We said before the episode, I had said a Bay F, uh, HOH would be really, you know, entertaining chaos. 
Yeah. And she accidentally handed it to Christmas. Christmas did nothing and is now HOH. Literally, literally. She won by two people losing. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's everything wrong with this season. And she also, I mean, not, not to say that it's a spoiler, but like afterwards, she's very, she's very proud of this being the first HOH she's won on her own. Uh, which is interesting because she didn't do anything to win it. Uh, it was, it's just, uh, it's, it's almost as good as the one that, uh, where she, she hobbled across the finish line with her, with, in her crutches in a, in a race, uh, HOH. Um, but hey, that's new, that's new school Big Brother though, right? That's, that's where you don't play for an HOH. You just throw it because you don't want to make a big move and you want to hide in the house and you want to, just get along until somewhere in the mid-jury where it's your turn to go. Yeah, I just, someone needs to make a move. And I worry that even after Kaysar's big exit speech where he really blew up a lot of people's games or tried to, I am afraid that people aren't actually gonna follow through on like walking through that door that Kaysar opened and like poorly yeah. to tell, but someone take a shot at Cody, take a shot at Nicole, like make a move that gave you an excuse to build a new alliance against the other side of the house and like stop playing it safe. Yeah. Um, so uh, one thing that I, I do want to talk about, and it didn't, and it didn't really show up on the, uh, the episode last week, but you talk about it a little bit in your article. Um, and it, it's unusual because it's probably one of the biggest things that's happened in the game so far, and you're never going to hear anything about it on the show. Uh, but during this past week, we had someone just, someone walking near the CBS studios just shouted across the wall that Nicole and, and Cody are playing everyone. Um, and they did it loud enough that, it, I mean, it's a residential-ish neighborhood, like, it's not super loud, so if someone's yelling with a bullhorn, I guess you can hear it. And they heard it, uh, and it just kind of like caught on like wildfire, like especially Ian. Like Ian really took it and ran with it. And if you watch the uh, the Thursday episode where there's so many, like Ian's like, oh, I talked to Kaser and then all of a sudden it made sense. And now, and, and he's making plans and talking with Bailey and now, now Bailey's on board because it totally makes sense. And like everything's coming together. But the reason why it came together is just because some person messed with the game from the outside um it's it's weird that like the only hope like the first thing that i had in the season that gave me hope that things were gonna get really interesting really quickly is that someone yelled across a wall yeah i also like kaser had been saying that janelle had been saying that yeah and every time they brought it up they were pushed aside they were met with resistance and anger but then a fan says it and suddenly everyone's on board and it's like think for a second like you're playing big brother you need to also be taking in that information from other house guests otherwise fans are just gonna keep yelling over the wall every time we get frustrated yeah well it's i think it's easier for us as fans because we we see everything like we obviously know what's going on and when you're in the game you don't uh have that same view um but maybe this is a good time to talk about someone else that you mentioned in your article uh david because last season uh, David was kind of like known for being able to pick up on what's going on in, uh, around the house. Like he was out first in one of those awful day one twists where he didn't even really get to play the game. Uh, but because of that camp comeback uh, me mechanism, he was in the house for a good couple, four, three or four weeks, right? 
Uh, and he saw who was working together, the dynamics of it, didn't have any opportunity to play the game, so he really couldn't do anything about it. Um, but there was just something about him that was just like, okay, so this guy is good at the game. And then he gets back this season, and now that he's actually playing the game, it's just so bad. Like, where is the David from 21? Like, he doesn't really, like, he maybe he has a clear view of, like, who's talking to who, but the moment he opens his mouth, he just, like, just punches himself in his mouth. I don't know. Like, he, he, he can't get out of his own way. Everything he does is bad. What's going on? Why is, what's going on? I actually, last season, I hate those night one evictions. I think it's so unfair. Yes. And so excited that David was getting an opportunity to play again. I did not think he should have been brought back for All-Stars. Like your first month in the house should not be during an All-Star season. Mm-hmm. But like maybe if he was playing with other rookies and recruits and not everyone else who has gone through this one or two or like three times before, he might have been a better player I'm not sure because every time he opens his mouth he doesn't seem to have the right read on people or if he is saying something accurate he's exposing it to someone Mm -hmm. know it it's everything that is going wrong he's saying it yeah very circular Um, saying it which is very David actually (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, I mean, he is, he's in there and he, he wants to win, he wants to win competitions, I guess, and show people that he's there to play. But at the same time, like, he is just doing such a terrible job at, at building bonds with people. And he seems like actively resistant to building the kind of bonds that he needs to get further in the game. And I, I can't blame Big Brother for bringing him back. Like, I wanted to see him back. I was into him coming back this season. Um, if you look at like the first All-Stars, they brought back like, like Chicken George, right? Like he was not someone who ever played real Big Brother. Like he played that first season, which was just a bizarre thing where America was voting and um, that he, no vetoes, no HOH. It was just, you know, uh, and he, he did okay. Like America loved him. So there was some precedent, but I think... I feel like David let himself down and David's really the person here who on a second time playing this game, you might've wanted to sit down and watch it. Like, I just get the feeling he has no clue what this game is, which is weird because he's actually played it already. Presumably he watched his season, but I guess maybe he didn't like. It feels like he didn't even watch his season. It it feels like he doesn't. I don't think he did. I don't think he did. And I can't blame him for wanting to check out of that season, especially like going through what you went through week one and then seeing those people constantly rewarded throughout the show and then Jackson wins. And it's like, ugh. Um, but yeah, he's so focused on trying to prove himself that he's not understanding the sort of social gameplay aspects and how you need to build alliance and trust. And sometimes you say things that you don't mean and like, that's part of the game. Yeah. Like he's just bungling the social game so much. He is getting close to winning comps, but like always at the last minute, something goes wrong for him. Yeah. Um, he, uh, maybe the only thing going for him is that, you know, he, th- there aren't a lot of people who are actively trying to target him and get him outside the house. There was a little bit of talk that Tyler might want to get closer 
uh, to him again, um, just to have a, someone, someone added, uh, it looks like David is maybe getting a little bit closer to uh, the, like the, the Devon, the Bailey, uh, Kevin, uh, kind of that side of the house, if you can call it that, uh, even though there are no sides of the house. There are no alliances here. Like, I heard it from Memphis. Nothing's going on. <laughs> you can trust that guy. Nothing's going on here. <laughs> um, yeah, I think David could be like a good asset for Bailey and Javon and Kevin. Like he could be a good number. He could be a good player if they can actually like formalize an alliance and like have a direction. He would be a benefit to that side of the house, but he is nothing but a pawn to the other side. And I worry, I worry that David just, I, I feel like he tends to gravitate towards the wrong people, like in general, like just wa like watching the post BB21 world and like he, he's like hung out with like Jackson and Jack and them. And like now like he's like getting close with like the Cody and the Tyler and like the cool kids side of the house that I mean, while they were with him, like, I don't know that they're with him to the end with him, uh, where he could really get something going with the other side of the house, but he doesn't, he's never even seen a, a season of Big Brother where there are sides of the house. So how can you expect him to, like, I don't know that we can, like, it's never been done before. Everything that has been done before to David has never been done before. Um, I feel so bad for him. Yeah. He's, it's going to be, it's going to be a rough exit from the house for him. Um, but, uh, but you did notice, you did note in your article, and we talked about it a little bit last week on the show, uh, when, when Alex uh, from Big Brother over the top was here. Uh, we all love that, that, that David Twitter account. Uh, the, <laughs> the one that, uh, I'm not sure who runs it, but it is fantastic. They are doing such a good job, and it actually, like, it makes me like David more. If that yes! Is him and also makes me feel like okay when he gets out and he sort of sees everything that's been going on like maybe he will like have a sense of humor and a perspective about it because like whoever's running his twitter account definitely feels like he'll be he'll be into the playful threat <laughs> i want good things for david because i want good things for the person who runs david's twitter account i feel like i'm more invested in that than i am in david himself um uh okay uh so I want to talk to you. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about, more about like this old school, new school breakdown, and kind of you. You pose like, uh, like the obvious question that like I have after reading your article is like, what the hell can we do to fix this? Like, because there are definitely things wrong with Big Brother here. Uh, you mentioned uh, in in your article, um, kind of the hallmarks of new school Big Brother play. Uh, you call out gaslighting, groupthink, strong arming, paranoia, and shaming. Um, and you also highlight uh, that, that clip uh, between Bailey and Janelle uh, that we actually shared here on a, an episode a couple, couple weeks ago, where Bailey was explaining that you just don't go against the HOH. That's just how we play these days. And Janelle's like, well, we did the exact opposite. And that's just not how we play now. Um, so, I mean, obviously, we see that as a, a bit of a problem, like always do what the HOH wants. But how the what can we do to fix this like how do we fix big brother because like something's going wrong here somewhere right i think part of it might be casting and finding people who are more willing to make big moves i think if they had brought back more old school players this season or like at least just players pre-derek then this season could have been a good transition to kind of shake the game out of this habit yeah. and like when they bring in recruits 
show them older seasons. Like, I don't know if there's like a structural way to do it or if it's more about casting. Mm, yeah, and you do, and you really do cut in your article, split it like the new school, old school split is season 16. Like that's really when things change. Uh, and that's, I feel like that's the, the fans are with you on that. Like that's just like when Derek played, it was like a level of psychological manipulation where um, were there two sides of the house? Kind of, sort of, but no one ever came together because we were all one happy family. Uh, it probably helped that he had people like uh, Beast Mode Cowboy who weren't really thinking for themselves and were just there to have fun. Um, but uh, it, like now when people are showing up for the show, that is, you know, David probably had someone suggest to him, oh, you gotta watch 16. Um, not that he did, but that's probably what they told him to do. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think casting is a part of it, but let me throw this out there. Um, I, I, I've noticed in recent seasons, uh, if you compare it to like the old school, like pre-16, um, the competitions these days are so much more physical than they used to be. Even competitions that have like puzzle aspects or other aspects like last night's HOH wasn't it was just like hit a button and like that's that's a traditional big brother uh but more often than not it's something like that weird puppet thing where you've got to be physically able to do it or uh even that ice cream veto you had to be physically able to like move these giant like pieces of ice cream and that's just something that's going to favor a, a guy who's a little bit stronger in general, because they can move it around a little bit faster, presumably. Um, so I think a big part of it is the, the challenges, uh, because it just kind of leads to a, uh, a kind of a, a feeling inside the house where if you can't win a competition, like we can, kind of, we can talk down to you and we can marginalize you and you're not contributing anything to the, like you can kind of like, you can kind of like just t watching people talk about Devon uh, and, and just like, well, she hasn't won anything yet. What's she bringing to the table? Like, what's she giving us? Like, she's not giving us anything because she's not winning anything. Um, and I think that just, it leads to people like Tyler and people like Cody and Christmas who are fantastic at competitions because they're super physical. They're just gonna win everything. And if they're winning everything and no one else isn't, even if you got like 15 Dan Gieslings, if they never win an HOH and they never win a veto, what are they gonna do? Yeah, I, I do agree with that. The comps are way too physical now and they didn't always used to be this way. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if you can make it to the end solely on like your social game and your strategy, that's more impressive to me than if you just get there because you win every physical comp. Like sure. they don't seem to value that uh, aspect as much anymore. It's, it is very much like, what have you done for me lately? And if you can't win anything, you're not important yeah yeah no that that makes a lot of sense because like going back like even thinking about survivor the people who i like the most and i think are the best players are not the ones who just brute force and win their way at the end like the people who have won seasons doing that are the ones like i look back as like all right well it was kind of a lackluster game like he's lucky he won at the end uh, otherwise he wouldn't have won but like all of a sudden you win 10 competitions and you're there at the end, and even though you're a terrible person who is nasty to all the women in the house, you're still the you're still the goat, Jackson. Somehow, uh, and everybody everybody votes for him anyway. Um, I, I, I think, think yeah. 
is the motto of the show is expect the unexpected and it is extremely predictable like even the twists we haven't gotten a twist in a long time that really shook up the house and mm. forced them to change the way they play like the coup d'etat and pandora's box not perfect twists but they always forced big changes in the house and people to pivot strategies and it made it a lot more exciting and unpredictable which would maybe help break up this herd mentality yeah and there's very little in there generally to uh empower the minority like the minority in the house specifically like the people who don't have the numbers um oftentimes like the twists benefit people in power um oftentimes uh you know it's like i miss the old style veto competitions where it was temptations and punishments and the people who most wanted to win the veto, the people who were on the block were the most likely to win it because they were most likely to take the punishments. And the other people who didn't have any stake in it were tempted to throw it to them just to get a trip to Cancun. Like I, I miss competitions like that. I, I like I like competitions like that rather than your traditional knockout style competitions where it's like, okay, I won. Those two people are on the outside of the house. So they're facing off next in the HOA. So one of them's gone immediately. I say get rid of knockout competitions in general. I am not a fan. They always do protect the majority in the house yeah. and the people who need the least protecting, like let's give everyone else a better chance at winning. Which you is saw that, you saw that last night too. Uh, in the, uh, the knockout HOH competition, we, we, we absolutely saw that Tyler and Christmas who, so this was one of the most transparent knockout competitions I've ever seen. Like absolutely no one tried hiding their cards in this one. Like Kevin went straight for the, uh, straight for the Cody and Nicole. That's in his best interest. Danny tried to get uh, Devon out. That's what she's all about. Um, it's, and no one was interested in getting, everyone's fine with Tyler and Christmas. So they just were at the end of this when no one, no one tried taking him out. Um, you hope that maybe the people are looking at this competition and saying like, okay, well, that's the, that's a perfect analogy for the social dynamics of the house. We saw who everybody's after. We saw who everybody thinks is safe. Like, let's do something about that. Um, but with Christmas's HOH, I have like 2% confidence that that's how this is going to go. It's not good. It's not good. Yeah, I'd be in for another very boring week, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so one th one more thing that I want to talk to you about, um, and I, I cause, and it goes right back to your casting, uh, your casting um, uh, criticism here. Uh, the Big Brother Canada. Now, if you're a fan of U.S. Big Brother, you know that like in Canada, Big Brother Canada is huge. Big Brother U.S. is huge up there. Like it's it's if you love Big Brother, it's such a great show. Um, and they, uh, Arissa Cox, who's the host and producer of Big Brother Canada, uh, mentioned, and it's, it's partially, I, I think, in response to what's happening in the United States, uh, also what happened in uh, last season of, of Canadian Big Brother. We don't talk an awful lot about Canadian Big Brother, but certainly that was a mess. Uh, coronavirus aside, it was a mess before that happened. Uh, may have actually been merciful that they cut that season short. Um, but uh, she says, uh, that their aim for Big Brother Canada season nine is a minimum of half the cast will be black, indigenous, or people of color. Uh, and I want to get your opinion 
What do you think about that? What do you think about bringing that to the U.S.? Uh, because there is definitely some kind of U.S. casting formula to this thing that we, and it hasn't really changed. I mean, I think it's absolutely necessary. And I would also say, like, why stop at half? <laughs> like, this show has always been majority white, cisgender, heterosexual players. They are the ones who usually form the big alliances early on and target everyone else. They're the ones who tend to make it to the end most of the time. And why is that? Like, why don't we change that? There's absolutely no reason. Yeah, I, I know that like, certainly Big Brother has had its share of quote unquote racist seasons uh, or seasons where there is someone who is throwing out just horrible slurs and it, it taints things. Uh, and then Big Brother's also had its problem with like uh, lowercase r rap, uh, racism, where it's there, it's happening. Uh, the, minority, uh, the minority house guests are all kind of like moved out of the house one by one. Like you saw it last season where it's not like there's an Aaron in the house, but at the same time, well, maybe there was an Aaron in the house and his name was Jack, but at the same time, it's still it's still happening and it's still like they're just like big brother is a mirror on society in a way right and it really does say something that when you look back at like the juries over the last decade like where are where are the male black jury members like they're just not there because they're all getting voted out of the game early and there's one because that's the formula, like the formula's one. Like I was saying, like I, as a gay person, if I was ever cast on Big Brother, I know I could never have a showmance because I'm gonna be the only gay guy there. Like I might, I get, get lucky and Casey's there with me. Like I, I might get, a, I get, get a, a lesbian uh, friend to hang out with, but like, it's just, it's just like, there's such a weird, and it's so, it feels so outdated. It just feels a really outdated where like, people are bringing, are, are being brought on just like fit like very tokenized roles. And it was upsetting to see that happening again in All Stars because even though the casts are still largely white cis het players, mm -hmm. like if you're pulling from 21 seasons, why is the cast still majority? And like you're bringing back, frankly, people like Christmas who are not the most standout players. And there are other ones they could have brought in to sort of make the cast a little more representative of society. And also like some of the better players of Big Brother in the past. Yeah, I, I think there's, there's maybe something to be said uh, now, that, uh, now that the fan criticism has been heard about like, why is David there? Like even everybody in the house is saying it, like even Devon, like last night, it's like, why is this man here? Um, like there's been some movement where uh, like some of the past Big Brother player, like the true legends, not saying that Nicole Franzel isn't a legend, but like the true legends of Big Brother, like, uh, like June from Big Brother 4, uh, they've said that they would do Big Brother. They'd come back, but it's gotta be a shorter season that there are so many really great people that we'd love to see play again, but it's a hundred days. And some of the people we wanna see play again are real people with real lives. And that's tough to do if you got a real life uh, and a family and kids and a hundred days. Uh, but I love that idea though. I think we could, I think we also need shorter Big Brother seasons. I love Big Brother, three months of Big Brother, 
just means you can't even play the game for the first month. Like you just can't do it. Like the standard big brother rule is don't play fast or else you get, you'll get cut. So no one wants to do anything for a while. And we're, that's the part of the game we're stuck in. We're stuck in the part where no one wants to do anything. Yeah, I do feel like shortening it to like two months could definitely help speed up the gameplay. Yeah. And then maybe if people get in that mindset a few years down the line, you can try expanding it again. But like, you got to shake them out of this. Yeah. Also, talking about casting, I would also like to see a wider range of ages because it was- Yes, thank you. The ages of this season has been so hard to watch. Like, absolutely no respect saying very cruel things about people. I, Memphis, I'm fine making fun of that he goes to bed so early because like, he's not that old. Like we're not that far apart in age, but like the way they have talked about some of the older players is really disheartening. Yeah, um, it's, it's such a, like, it's weird feeling like I have aged at a big brother. Like I'm not like, like, I don't need a walker to get around. Like, I'm fine. But, like, I'm way too old for Big Brother. Because, like, I am older than, thir- than 25. Like, that's, like, you get your old person on Big Brother is the person that's in their 30s. Like, oh, I'm 32. Can I handle being around all these kids? I don't know. I got to change up my, my game to be more cool. Yeah, it makes me feel ancient watching older and seeing the way they talk about anyone who is, like, 30 and up. But like older seasons used to have a lot more people who are not in their 20s and it made it a lot more interesting. It didn't like, the, the relationships were so much more unique than the yeah. ones now. Yeah, I mean, look at, look at season 10 where you had like, we could be talking here and then all of a sudden Rennie will come in the room yelling. Like she, she and she's, and she's not, she's not like a, she's not like a 20 year old there. And we had what, Jer- Jerry, uh, as well, and we've had so many great, uh, so many great memorable uh, old school players and uh, older players. Pardon me, old school older players. Um, and they listen. Not only kids aren't the only people who watch Big Brother. A lot of kids watch Big Brother, but kids aren't the only people who watch Big Brother. Give it, give, give us senior citizens a chance. Yes, please. <laughs> These kids are. Now I sound I sound like Memphis. These kids. They're not that much younger than me either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, no. I don't know. They set right. in their ways. Yeah. So we are still a long way from the finish line of the season. So much more to go. But I want to know, are, are, what's, is, can, we, can it be saved? Can the season be saved? Like, what do you, what do you think from, from here on out? Like, is, is there hope for us yet? I think we will know for sure within the next like two to three weeks. Okay. There aren't a lot of players left that I want to root for. Right now it's like Bay, Day, and Ian. And they could all be out in the next three weeks. Yeah. Uh, like if the three of them get evicted, I will keep watching and I will keep hoping that somebody, you know, kind of wins me over. But if it is a Nicole and Cody final two, a Cody and Tyler final two, I'm just gonna fall asleep. Yeah, I I think that unfortunately does seem like the most likely scenario. Uh, they are they are playing good games. They are not playing interesting games. They are not playing showy games. 
uh, they're not playing games that it's like really exciting to root for them. Uh, but they're 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 in power and they're staying there and they're playing new school Big Brother and they're they're doing a good job of it. I think like at the end of the season, we make it to a point where it's like oh, that season was just so boring and predictable and like everybody kind of went out in line. Um, but the winner was great. I mean, it's like season 16, Derek was fantastic. Don't expect a lot of like like big flips and big blow ups and game moves in that season. There aren't a lot of them, um, but Derek was great. So Cody was great, right? Tyler was great. Hope it's Tyler over Cody. I like Tyler. I don't know. <laughs> Right. Um, but I do think out of that side of the house, Tyler would be who I would root for the most. Yeah. His game has been the most interesting. And he, even though they are kind of like subtle moves, he has been making them. Yeah. And I, just for the drama, I kind of wanted Nicole Anthony to make that house meeting because I wanted to see what would happen. And I appreciated that Tyler was trying to like, sure, lead yeah. her down that path. Give me something to watch. Yeah, um, I, I think there are there are a lot of there are a lot of fractures in the house, and just watching this past week and all these new alliances that they're showing you, or like these two people are working together now. We've got Enzo and Christmas have kind of got a thing. Like, um, you know, there there's two competing alliances where Cody's kind of in the middle of all of them, and Danny's kind of in the middle of them. Uh, now they're taking shots with each other. It's a very difficult like it's not an easy house to diagram if you're trying to figure out where everybody is everybody's kind of off and like then like Ian's a satellite here and Kevin's a satellite here and also David he's got like connections to both sides it's super complicated and that really does mean like it could go so many different ways depending on who wins HOH and who wins vetoes the only problem is that we have had one of the absolute worst luck like this season with every single one of those competitions has turned out where we almost have someone interesting win and then the exact opposite, someone who is the least interesting winds up winning it. I was glad that at least we have our first female HOH of the season. Like I could not watch another yeah. row in the HOH room. Um, that is the I, first, first, not only first of HOH, first of any comp except for the safety competition, Christmas only person who's won anything. It's so depressing because like, they're like that isn't a production problem that's not a casting problem like it was just really bad luck for the women yeah. I, I, some of it some of it is bad luck uh, especially like the competition like last night that is terrible luck uh but i think there has also been uh and i don't think they're intentionally designing competitions to favor men uh but i think a few competitions have definitely favored men uh, over women like anything like that table thing that they started like that looked heavy as hell. Like there's just like, I, I just think like they, they maybe they need to just think about the competitions a little bit more. Um, I, I, I want it to be fair. I want it to be more fair for everybody. Like you can have physical competitions, fine. You can have social competition. You can have intelligence competition. You can have all those, but like, let's try to, let's at least not have it where it benefits one gender over another, over and over again. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Like, this, any interesting HOH, I think, could potentially turn the season around. Like, yeah. all we need at this point, and all of those fractured alliances will fall apart really fast. Yes. They're so right now. And if anyone outside of that group or on the outskirts of it won, it, it would be very fun to watch. 
Yeah. Uh, so stay tuned next week for maybe that'll happen or two weeks from now or whatever, but uh, we got to get through Christmas's week first. Um, and that is, that is probably not going to be, uh, that's probably not going to be great for anybody. <laughs> so uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, the back door for Danny. That's. Yeah. That's no, that's. As high as. You gotta, you gotta root for a, you gotta root for a veto win here uh, to keep things interesting. Because if uh, I, you know, we, we are, we're doing a spoiler-free show here. I, we haven't, I haven't even seen. Uh, we, there is a competition going on. The nominations haven't even been announced at this point. But I am not optimistic about the few, these nominations. Like these are, these are going to be status quo nominations. These are not going to. This is not going to be a big move here. It's why would Christmas make a big move? I don't even know if she wanted to win it. She didn't, she didn't hit a button. Like she, she just won it. She just showed up and they handed it to her. We'll see what happens, I guess. And um, then that was the first thing she won on her own. Yeah. All I know is that jingle bell sound effect's gonna get a real good workout this week. I'm gonna be bringing that out all well, the time. <laughs> uh, it was good at first and it's, it's gonna be testing this week. <laughs> a lot of it, a lot of it. All right. Well, uh, listen, thank you so much uh, for, for joining us here, uh, or joining me here, I guess. Uh, Lance is, uh, <laughs> Lance is uh, out of orbit for a little bit, uh, but he'll, he'll, be, he'll, he'll be back in, on all our regular shows. Uh, this is, a, this is a, a, special little, uh, a special little bonus moment. Thank you so much for joining us and, and talking about why this season of Big Brother sucks. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I am always here to vent frustrations about Big Brother. I love you. And right. that's why it makes me so angry. All right. Well, season three, we're going to Big Brother Brothers season three. We'll have you back. Keep talking. Uh, so listen, uh, everybody else, uh, thank you so much for listening. If you like the Big Brother Brothers uh, and want to hear more, uh, please uh, give us a subscribe uh, on your favorite podcasting app, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, messed up there, two different things. Uh, and you can even find us now on YouTube and Facebook. Uh, just look up Big Brother Brothers and you'll find us there. Uh, we'd love to, love to have you uh, join us uh, next week. And if you really love us, please leave a review. We love them. We love the five-star reviews. Lance especially loves them. Um, so give us a five-star review. Uh, and uh, otherwise, we'll see, you, uh, we'll see you back here next week, everybody. Bye-bye.